Welcome to the 8th Amazing Race Canada recap episode of the UR Team Number Podcast. My name is Michael Harmstone and joining me as always is one Canadian who strives to be slightly less of a hypocrite than Juno and Jesse, Logan Saunders. Evening. You can tweet us as always using the hashtag Yattencast or email us at yattencast at gmail.com. And also, like this video, or it on SoundCloud, favorite it, share it, uh... Share, share it, not share. I think I made up a word there. <laughs> share it and retweet it and whatever stuff on that social media people do. Yeah, and please don't tweet it to Gino and Jesse to tell, tell them I'm going to call them hypocrites this week, because I am. Yeah, I, I think Gino and Jesse deserve to be told of this information. To be fair, I did say yesterday that this would be the first week where I actually have a legitimate gripe against, because I'm slightly annoyed at them this week. But we'll get to that. I see. So, previously, seven teams raced to the sunshine capital of Canada, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I love that we got dropped a random stat of 2,500 hours of sunlight. What's with this obsession of converting everything to minutes and hours uh, in the past week? It's Monty wanting to keep telling us stuff. I see. Where, at the detour, they learnt about First Nations culture. Brent and Sean used their express pass to skip the first active route info task, and gain enough time to win the leg. Brandon and Cynthia fought with each other to get a 4th place finish, but Dijon and Leilani and Neil Christen both quit the active route info. Dijon and Leilani's penalty wasn't enough to keep them from getting 3rd place, but Neil and Christen couldn't bounce back, terrible pun in the start, to stay in the race and were eliminated. Yeah, I'm sure Mr. Cow loved one of his own songs being plugged. And teams must now fly to Calcutta, India. Once there, they must find the Malik Gat flower market and receive a blessing and their next clue. Did you notice what they get on their card for this leg of the race, Logan? 250 US dollars. I think you'll find the term is $250. American! Are we just going to keep bringing up Jan Gentry from Survivor Thailand every time that there's American currency on the Amazing Race Canada? <laughs> Maybe. I think we that's like three reality shows all rolled into one sentence. Hey, you keep mentioning Charlotte and Nabila. I got John every every couple of weeks. At least they're Amazing Race Canada contestants, Michael. And they're legends. The only thing legendary about Jan Gentry is her bat cemetery. There's no windmills. I'm surprised with India. They don't have any windmills or hay. That's uh, Saskatoon just hogged all of it. And all sunshine. And all the sunshine. They have to settle for the city of joy, which is what the greeter called Calcutta. Yeah, and I was surprised because I didn't see that contestant from Pirate Master at all. <laughs> Seriously, we're going for Pirate Master already. <laughs> That's most annoying as hell. <laughs> hey, doesn't he have the best, best uh, British accent out there? No, not even <laughs> a little bit. And as a bonus prize for winning the last leg of the race, uh, Brent and Sean get to upgrade themselves to business class and also bring one team with them. But they don't have to choose until they go to Vancouver. This is somewhat reminiscent of the Express Pass, original Express Pass twist from the Amazing Race Asia franchise, where they did it in two seasons, where a team that started out first got to have a luxurious ride to the next destination, but this is the first time I can recall where a team got to pick another team to join them on this reward. Um, probably Amazing Race Australia versus New Zealand, actually. With the Russia train. Right. Yeah, it's just Amazing Race Australia 3. Who cares? John and Murray got to pick a team to join them in first class. 
instead of being in third class on a Russian train. And they picked uh, everyone's favourites, King and Queen of the Bogans. Ben's favourites. Oh, well, well, let's not name them. We already have Gino and Jesse to deal with. We don't have to mention everything that's terrible in the universe on this podcast. Brent and Sean picked Dijon and Leilani, which, you know, is a better pairing than the one we mentioned from Amazing Race Australia versus New Zealand. And teams find out when they get to the flower market that they have an active room for task, which is to recreate a flower garland from an example to receive their next clue. I love Cynthia's sarcastic clap back when Dujan and Leilani were picked. It was a very slow clap. I love that Brian actually had to tell us a clap. That yes. made me laugh. <laughs> and uh, uh, there is actually quite a bit of a gap between teams, but of course, for the eighth episode in a row, everyone is equalized on the plane ride because apparently in Amazing Race Canada, you're not allowed to dress strategize for flights because Air Canada refuses to let you do so. Air Canada, where everyone is equal, no matter where you go. So, Brent and Sean departed at 12.41am, Gino and Jesse at 12.49, Dujan and Leilani at 3.06, Brendan Zinthier at 3.10, Nick and Matt at 3.30, and Simeon OP at 4.43. And Sean loves gardening, almost as much as Terry loves yogurt. Almost, yeah. Nobody loves anything more than Terry loves yogurt. And not content with appropriating every other thing in the world, Gino and Jesse are now Team Flower as well, thanks to their mother. Yeah, what is... This is getting ridiculous, you know. We start off with Gino and Jesse going on online forums saying, Hey guys, um, you know, we originally lived in Alberta, so we'll represent Alberta. And they have their Italian heritage, so they decided to rob Nick and Sabrina of representing Italy. And then, of course, they're already from Ontario to begin with, so they represent Ontario. And... I'm sure they had a cousin who had a trampoline and probably said they're representing all the trampolinists. And now here we go, representing flowers. What the hell is this, guys? This is just becoming a recurring joke now, though. Yeah, that's what you get with the Bolden Mussolinis. They're known for their Zambonis. And somehow indoctrinating every single person on the Amazing Race Canada Facebook page. 66,000 strong and counting, according to the Fuel Your Casual Fan Favorite poll. Seriously, have you seen the Facebook page? I have been copying and pasting a lot of comments, yes. I think what was hilarious with Monty this episode is probably him having a bro handshake with the one guy at the start of the leg in India. <laughs> yes. Speaking of the Canadian and uh, India connection, because uh, you know how Monty was saying, oh, there's been a... A million immigrants uh, from India that currently live in Canada, and then, which is, you know, a very huge percentage of them do live in uh, British Columbia. And then uh, going on and on about how, well, with the yoga guy, how he's also connected to Canada. But uh, strangely enough, the whole, uh, you know, the whole thing that we're taught in school about Canada-India relations, the Kamagata-Maru incident, uh, was kind of left out. Maybe next, maybe next week we'll get the history lesson on that, and I'm I'm sure the casual fans will love that story. Uh, so Brent and Sean are the first to leave with Simi and Opie, really, in second. Uh, Nick and Matt in what? third. I know. Simi and Opie are doing well. For once, yes. Better than fifth. Yeah. Um, 
Simeon Opie in second, Nick and Matt in third, Gino and Jesse in fourth, uh, Dijon and Leilani in fifth, and Brandon Cynthia in last. And teams must now find the Armenian Ferry Gat and take the ferry to find the next clue at Hara. I can't wait for the Amazing Race Armenia when they go to India and hear about the Armenia-India connection, because I'm sure there's going to be a whole story about how the ferry got was named. Yes, with Kim Kardashian as a host. Oh yeah, she's she's Armenian. Whoa, why are we even talking about her? That's that's not even a story, Michael. Did you hear what happened when uh, Kanye West performed at Glastonbury? No, I did not. I think he might have brought her out on the stage and the live camera sort of panned to the audience and someone had made a massive fl- um, flag of her sucking Ray J's dick from the sex tape. <laughs> oh, we really do need Amazing Race Armenia. Oh, oh man, Ray J can host it. This was actually broadcast on live television with someone waving that flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I am amazed that that remark is actually relevant this week. And the ferry almost leaves without Gino and Jesse. You know what would have been even better is if they would have missed the ferry, and then you know the kid who jumped off the the boat and started swimming in the water. If he just uh, started swimming out towards Gino and Jesse just to taunt them. And is it just me, or is there very little to discuss with the whole flower task, other than Brian and Cynthia being on edge the whole time, because the streets are crowded, which pretty much lasts for 40 minutes? Yeah, Brian and Cynthia really didn't have a good leg for them, did they? Well, this is it's just another example of why Amazing Race Canada has to leave Canada, because you're not going to get a situation like that in Saskatoon or pretty much any Canadian city. And you can just tell just how much more uncomfortable the racers were having to be in a foreign country. Yeah, especially Brian and Cynthia. And I mean, they struggled the most with it, and that's probably why spoilers they got eliminated. But like, there's it's on on you know because people say, oh, the Amazing Race Canada is the toughest because the tasks are so tough. But really, Amazing Race Canada is still pretty dang easy overall because there is absolutely no culture shock or or traveling to foreign countries and all the other, uh, you know, missing out on all the other things that you expect when traveling within Canada that teams have to put up with. Did you see that thread on Reddit about what makes a bad season? Uh, a little bit of it, yeah. Pretty much bad casting, and uh, that was pretty much the only complaint that people really had to say of what made it makes a bad season for them. Yeah, I mentioned in my diatribe on that that the locations are a big factor and whilst I love the Canadian franchise it'll always have an asterisk for me thanks to the deal with Air Canada that restricts their travel and someone has actually replied to me this morning saying their deal with Air Canada doesn't restrict anything they literally don't have the money in the budget to fly every leg they can only afford to a few legs a season Where do they, how do they not have the money? yeah I'm pretty sure that's wrong <laughs> Canada's, Canada may be failing economically but we're not, we're not doing that badly yeah, I'm pretty sure it's entirely due to the Air Canada deal, because they're not allowed to fly any other airlines. Mm-hmm. So they are literally restricted to whatever, wherever Air Canada flies. I mean, when when they go to Delhi, they're probably going to have to fly back to Canada just to fly Air Canada back. Let's be honest. So once teams get the next clue, they find out it's a roadblock, which is who wants to meet their idol. 
Japan. In this robot, teams must first find a shop filled with statues of the goddess Lakshmi. Their one team member must use a photo in the clue to find the one statue that matches their picture exactly. You know what really bothered me? Um, we, we sort of skipped over this in the flower task, but what really bothered me is that the guy handing out the clue was not introduced by his full name by, by uh, John Montgomery. I mean, this is this is pissing me off. Like, the three musicians in the Sudbury pit stop, we didn't get to know their names. Uh, we weren't even introduced to Chief Felix. That, that apparently was his name from one of the commenters said online from the Saskatoon leg. I think he was the pit stop greeter. And we're just missing out on it being introduced to every single clue giver and who their cousins are and their friends and their parents, and it's starting to piss me off. Well, that's what the Facebook page is for, for nebulous relatives of these people to come in and go, oh, I know that person vaguely. <laughs> I'm a friend of a celebrity. <laughs> I'm a friend of a minor celebrity. <laughs> oh. Or they're pissed off because they think, "Oh man, my friend's my friend is gonna be uh, is gonna be introduced on the Amazing Race." What? He wasn't introduced. I missed out on all that fame of knowing that guy who handed that clue for two seconds in the third episode of Amazing Race Canada Three. I, for one, am appalled. Oh, casual fans never change. Gino and Jesse really struggled traveling abroad once more because Gino couldn't even find a seatbelt. How is that not the first thing you check when you get in a car? He must have been thinking, I guess it's like a bus. It's the first thing I check. But then again, I'm not an idiot, so... Shots fired. I bet you Rachel from TK and Rachel would have done excellent at the flower task uh, this episode. Yeah, and once that team member identifies both the statue and the difference, they receive the next clue. And it was Nick, Gino, Simi, Brent, Leilani and Brian doing the roadblock. Do you notice with Nick and Matt that they made a comment saying, oh, we're used to all the distractions and that India, the busyness of India doesn't really bother them because they're used to fans throwing things at them at events? Like, are they that bad of wrestlers that fans actually throw physical objects at them? It's like the, it reminds me of the one wrestling video with uh, Razor Ramon. I think he wasn't Razor Ramon at all. He was just Scott Hall. And one guy threw a full glass of beer right at his face. We have to remember that from Nick and Matt's bio, we know they've been to Japan together. So they... And they did go through, they did connect through Japan this week. It would have been great if during, because they go from Saskatoon to Vancouver to Tokyo to Calcutta this episode. And it would have been great if they were in Tokyo during their layover. And then some Japanese guy just says, hey, we know you. You're probably friends with Don Fry. I still maintain that Nick and Matt are probably going to be our winners. Nope. Nope, my winner's edit is locked in. I know editing inside and out, Michael. You have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and... (laughs) Try and uh, defy the edit thing again, because last time I did that, I sucked badly. And got myself into the mess that I'm in in the pool. So I'm just going to say, I think it'll be Nick and Matt. I wouldn't be surprised, certainly. Um... But yeah, they've probably been to Shibuya Scramble together, let's be honest. Yeah, the theme music from The World Ends With You, I believe, played when they uh, went through the Shibuya Crossing. So they're and, probably used to large crowds. Mm-hmm. And did you know that Leilani is supposedly rugged but beautiful? Nice save by Dujon. He is the poet. I appreciated Dujon and Leilani a lot this week, actually. I appreciate them every week. 
Wait, wait, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> the same way that Kim Kardashian did, Ray J. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Did Opie say that this was a homecoming for him? He pulled a Shola and Dween. I mean, I think he actually outdid Shola and Dween, because when Shola and Dween uh, were in South Africa during the Amazing Race 2, I think it was a couple thousand miles between South Africa and Sierra Leone. But I believe it's a good almost two, about, let's see, about well over a full continent over between Calcutta, India, in the eastern region, uh, compared to Nigeria there, where I think, where are they from in Nigeria? Is it a major city? It's, I, 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 it's, I would be willing to flip a coin between Abuja and Lagos, but whichever one it is, I mean... I think that works out further distance-wise than Cholindween's uh, South Africa to Sierra Leone, so I think Opie just took home the title. At least they'll be taking home one title, because there's no chance in hell they're going to take home this title. And then they win. And Jet Li will be at the finish line. Yeah, they're from Lagos. So Gino and Jesse obviously leave first, with Simeon Opie in second and Nick and Matt in third. Uh, Dijon and Leilani in fourth. And then we get the fun of Brian and Cynthia. The clue is broken. It was very, it was very call in the Mason Race Five moment with Ryan there saying, "No, no, you, you guys, you guys don't know how to put this this task together. Pretty sure you made this mistake. It's a trick. The difference is a tree. I want to say a tree. Yeah, maybe it's the same tree that uh, Fabio was under. But yeah, I've never. I think that's the first time where a racer just outright was adamant that a task was." Just like was an illusion, essentially. It wasn't a trick because tricks are what horse do for money. Wow! Arrested development reference. Uh, so Brian and Cynthia leaving fifth, and Brent and Shard leaving last. And teams must now find the statue of Swami Vivekananda to find their next clue. And this was the point where Monty started trying to artificially insert the puns in, because he described this detour as tuck and roll or namaste. Oh, now go. And I, I bet you, you know, I bet he, you know, he's much closer to uh, Greg from Big Brother Canada 3 than we thought. They really are, they really are uh, ginger ads in arms. I mean, yeah, it made me laugh because it's such a terrible pun or terrible attempt at a pun. I'm surprised Monty didn't start hashtagging things. Like hashtag Namaste Strong, Brent. <laughs> yes. I wonder who came up with that gem in production. It was a subtle hashtag, they didn't really, because there wasn't a verbal quote in the episode. They just uh, threw that on screen to see if anybody was getting bored, even though they shouldn't be bored with this episode. But if they just have like wandering eyes and just saw the, you know, saw the hashtag on the side of the screen there. Well, it's the same as never gave up Nicole or Trofor. Like, but this, this hashtag, well, this hashtag was borderline insulting, though. Just with the namaste strong, it's, it, as opposed to the blind never give up Nicole, which could, they could have just had a little pun in there, some biathlon pun. I don't know what it would be, but would have at least made that hashtag less serious. Shoot for success, Nicole? Yes. Uh, so the detour is namaste or namasgo slash took a roll. And in took, teams must learn six couples yoga poses. You have to say it in a... Uh, Sort of sensual voiceover voice. Couples yoga. Yep. And perform them to receive their next clue. 
Hey, was the task sponsored by Lululemon? I've heard they're getting in on Masonry Scanda. In fact, I I think the premier of BC, that's the province in which I live in, I think she would have really dug the yoga task. But I guess it was a residence and not a bridge that they did the yoga on. Fun fact, BC is the entire reason that we no longer have a Mole UK franchise. Logan personally killed it. I was only 10 years old, Michael. Above the age of criminal responsibility in the UK. And in role, teams must load a rickshaw with supplies and then make two deliveries to receive their next clue. And I've not asked this all season, but what detail would you have picked? Between the yoga poses? Well, it depends who my partner is. Like, Assuming you were on the season with the, with your brother-in-law. <laughs> you mean like, if, uh, never mind, I had a joke in mind for the final yoga pose, but I won't make it. Um... Loaded, loaded. We've already made more than enough dirty jokes. You can get away with it this week. This is the one we can <laughs> get away with. I was just thinking... The yoga task might might have been is easier with the with the certain kiddos. The final yoga pose would have been easier if I had a certain partner for for uh, that particular uh, one. And who would that be? Um, someone who weighs lighter than me. But uh, I think I think I might may have done the yoga task actually. See, I'm not sure. Depend obviously it depends on who your partner is. I'd say that they were both easier sides of detours than we've seen this season. This whole leg, I guess production decided to take it easy on the contestants and not have any insanely difficult tasks because getting around Calcutta was probably already insane enough as it is. Like that like that roadblock? Because each team that came through there, except for Brenta and Brian, teams were saying, oh, you know, they did that super fast or that only took seconds. But I'm thinking, well... You know, if everybody's doing it in seconds, chances are it's a really easy task. Especially when Brian and Brent could just have guessed every single idol until they got the clue. Like, they were given an infinite number of guesses, and they weren't even... It didn't appear that they had to wait at all between guesses. So if there's only 40 idols there, I would just be pointing at every single one until I got it right. Similar to the... St. Petersburg League and the Masonry Five with the Hermitage Museum there when Marshall Lance just pointed at every painting until they got it. It wasn't a difficult roadblock, but some of them were... Some of the differences were a bit subtle. Like, Brent and Sean's one was the folds on the neck, I think it was. Yeah, what are the idols doing to their own necks and wrists? That's, you know, I'm concerned. Yeah, like, some of them were a bit too finicky. They're a bit too subtle differences. Mm-hmm. And, the, well, Nick, I think, probably got the easiest one with the one that had the base completely different from everybody else's. I think I think that would have been the easiest difference to notice uh, immediately. And now we get to the bit where I start criticising Gino and Jesse. Because on the way to the roadblock, did you notice what they said with regards to Simeon Opie? No, I did not. They said... Simeon Opie are following us, we need to lose them, because that is irritating. Oh, I can't, yeah, I did write this part in my notes. I remember, I, yeah, go ahead. And what did they do to Nick and Matt at the detour? They followed them. Exactly. They, you know, were contradictory with their own advice and trying to impose their own morality upon the other racers. They broke their own rules. They broke their own etiquette. They are so hypocritical. For doing that. And that's how the Volta Mussolini's roll. 
So if anyone wants a genuine reason to be irritated by them, there you are. They are hypocrites. I don't get why the weakest team left in the race is following us. Oh, we're going to go follow a team that's weaker than us. Oh, shut up, Gino and Jesse. We don't care for your crap. Yeah, and also, Nick and Matt are not weaker than you. Nick and Matt are back on top in terms of average again. So suck on that. Nama, nama suck? Go, go tuck yourselves. <laughs> and was the rickshaw task just designed to give me ridiculous screen caps? Gently. Gently, see me. Gently. <laughs> Gently. Gently. <laughs> I can't swim. There we go. My OP, my OP imp- impersonation is, is getting better. Not as bad as it could be. You mean it's better than my Pierre and Michelle impression? Mind you, your Pierre and Michelle impression is just sort of silence. Uh, I do not know. <laughs> and is Couples Yoga the new naked sibling intertwining? Because there were some really dangerous positions, I should say. Let's just say I'm happy the Duggar family was not doing this task. I mean, we didn't see it as bad as it could have been last year with um, some of the poses that they could have picked, which, you know, would have made that task even funnier. Probably my favourite fast-forward that any franchise has ever done the naked fast-forward on, because I love it, but sort of the intertwining poses, this could have been very awkward. Yeah, luckily it wasn't wasn't naked couples yoga. That would have been a probable (laughs) fast-forward. Yes, fly to India, do some naked yoga. That's how they roll. Um, and Siminovi got blocked in the road by that massive truck. It just would not move. Gently move. Gently move across the street. Truck. You need to treat it gently. Oh. <laughs> and it's Dijon and Leilani leaving Tuck in first, with Nick and Matt leaving Roll in second, Gino and Jesse in third, Siminovi in fourth, Brent and John leaving Tuck in fifth, and Brent and Cynthia leaving Roll in last. I really wish, I really wish during the roll task, instead of it being pop bottles that they had to load, that it was instead barrels of pop, just so I could say that teams had to do a barrel roll. Ugh, forcing a pun there, Logan. It is forcing a pun. That's I don't. I didn't want to force the pun. I wanted to. I wanted producers to make the puns themselves. It was a golden opportunity. Why was it bottles and carpet? They could have. They could have used like the same barrels that they used when they were. Delivering things back in the Amazing Race 12. Come to think of it, the yoga thing, it wasn't couples yoga, because it was Kit and Vixen doing their individual poses. But I mean, we had a lot of Amazing Race 12 overlap this week. From Mumbai to Kolkata. You'll notice with the pool that I worded the questions very carefully. Yes, it had to not only be a similar, an identical task from a previous India visit, but it had to be the exact same type of route marker. That was so I don't have Michelle bitching at me again this week, when she got beat by a, a bunch of rules. But yes, the, answer, the correct answer to that bonus question, whether there would be any classic task, classic defined as any task that is the same type of route marker, and also an identical task, was no. Because this yoga task was not a speed bump. It's not all roses and marigold, Michael. Deliberate wording on that question. Although, as of this week, bonus questions are no more. But more on that at the end. Uh, so once teams complete their respective sides of the detour, they must now head to the pit stop, which is the National Library. What's with libraries in Amazing Race Canada? I feel like this is the fourth or fifth library we've seen in three seasons. In the American version, nobody knows how to read, so they don't even go to a library because they know it's a big waste of time. 
But it, it did look like it was in some very impressive grounds, at least. Peaceful grounds. Away from the bustling nature of India. In fact, pretty much every season that visits India, they always have to go to some peaceful place. And, as always, the last team to check in here may be eliminated. May be eliminated? Because we still have one non-elimination left. You know what's what I wish happened at the couple's yoga task is we could have had Delcine from Street Fighter there. I said it last week. And it didn't happen this week. And they didn't, nobody had to even breathe any fire either. Nick and Matt probably made the reference. Oh, I'm sure they did, because, you know, they, they love Street Fighter the movie as much as I do. Well, not, well, but they don't love Street Fighter the movie the game as much as I do, but hey, at least they're halfway there. And our first place finishes for the week are Dujan and Leilani. Called it. And they're going to win this whole season too. And they get a very impressive prize. What was their prize, Logan? A trip to Italy? No, it was not. It was flights to London, England. Oh, I thought, oh, not even London, Ontario. Oh, what a bummer for them. But the real question with flights to London, do they get breakfast in bed? Do they? No, do the hell. It's not Major X-24. Oh, man. They really missed out on a lot. If people don't, don't know what I'm referencing there, in Amazing Race 24, the prize of a trip from Travelocity for two to London, England was given out, and the main highlight of that trip was breakfast in bed. And they also get petrol for a year. I guess that makes up for the value lost in the breakfast in bed. Just by a bit. I wonder if, like, with, with Jet and Cord winning that prize in Amazing Race 24, if the breakfast in bed was made by Wolfgang Puck, then it almost equals out to the petrol points. Probably, because actually Wolfgang Puck's reference are quite nice, having been there. Having been to the one in uh, Universal City Walk many times. Does he make uh, his favourite dessert dish when he's in India called the called the Puck and Roll, I believe? He does not. He wasn't actually there. But it was quite nice because I got a 20% discount there. Which takes a meal there from $100 down to $80? Oh no, it was like $20 at most. Oh. It was really cheap, it was awesome. And for the second week on the trot, we actually get some good reactions on the map. We don't get anyone dry-heaving their way through uh, India, sadly, like we did with Brent and Sean in uh, Saskatoon. But Dijon and Leilani's reactions to being first place were amazing. What? First? No. No. We're not first. What? Huh? And Nick and Matt's reaction to being second is very frustrated. <laughs> They pretty much just looked up to the sky and threw their hands up in the air as if to say, what the hell? And Brent and Sean the third, Simeon OPR fourth. And how did Brian describe the traffic, Logan? How did he describe it? I don't have that in my notes. Not good. <laughs> you know what's great about Nick and Matt being angry about being in second? Death is and that rot. Is that Simeon OP finishing fourth? And they couldn't be happier because it's their best finish after eight episodes of this season. They haven't finished higher than, than fifth up until this point. That, is, that might be a record, actually, where the longest the team goes without finishing above fifth place in a season. No, it is not. Let me guess that one team in Amazing Race Australia, too? You would be correct there. Because I was going to say that this week actually secures that Simeonopi will no longer be the worst team or have the worst average of any team to make the final five. Do they still have a shot at having the worst average of any team to make the final four? 
I'm not sure what the Final Four record is, actually. No, they don't, by a mile, actually. But yeah, with uh, Dijon and Leilani, you can tell how tough of a day it was, even though the tasks may not have been super difficult. You can tell that just getting around Kolkata was such a tough, tough uh, overall challenge for everybody that everybody was just genuinely shocked for where they finished. We go from, I mean, just look at the spectrum. We have Dijon and Leilani, who couldn't be more surprised that they won for the day considering they were near the bottom for the first half and pretty much went on their own to do the yoga detour option initially. And then we have Siminopi, who were in second or third most of the day, but then Brett and Sean, who were way behind, uh, pretty much check in simultaneously with them. We have Nick and Matt, who thought they were going to be first, but then got the, got to react to the big bummer of the news, and uh, their blues were not washed away this episode. And then uh, you have Gino and Jesse, who thought they were pretty much done, but barely survive. And then Brian and Cynthia, who sort of have a Rex and Bob moment and are genuinely blindsided by the fact that they're eliminated. It's not simultaneously, it's simultaneously. Oh, simultaneously. Pun. Come on, Logo, I expected you to pun sling a bit better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Gino and Jesse sadly came in fifth instead of being in last. And Brian and Cynthia got eliminated. What could have been? I think it was pretty close as well. Obviously, we never saw them in the same frame, but I don't think it was more than about 10 minutes. I'll go 15 to 20 minutes, just to be a jerk. I'm used to that. So, next time, we have... Oh, wait, wait, you don't have any comment on Brian and Cynthia being surprised that they're eliminated or serenade uh, their dismissal from the race? The mission, the mission not being a failure, but not succeeding, so it's somehow... And in between by being mission interrupted, whatever that means. I've come to terms with it, I'm going to be honest. I sort of knew they wouldn't win, but I'm disappointed by the fact that they are, yet again, saying this for the second time in three weeks, a huge loss to the season with them going out. Unfortunately, yeah, at the start of this episode, as soon as uh, Montgomery was saying, oh, you know, Brian and Cynthia showed chinks in the armor when... Brian was getting all angry and uh, couldn't do anything at the trampoline task. And then I thought, oh, is this supposed to be an explanation for why they will be eliminated soon? And then sure enough, uh, Brian's anger and their inability to cope and adjust to new environments is what put them out of the race. Mission interrupted. I sort of knew they were going when their confessional locations started swapping around. They had at least three or four different backgrounds to their locations and how they were dressed and that sort of stuff when they were doing their confessionals. Yeah, I'm, I've come to terms with it, despite the fact that, you know, oh, this boot order is dreadful. Do you think they received a negative edit because people are saying, oh, you know, uh, editors really buried them? But to me, it was just a, it was just that they had a subtle sense of humor, and I just think that people the casual fans anyway, just didn't catch on to that style of comedy. I'd say that their edit was slightly negative this week. I'd say it has been sort of subtle the past couple of weeks, but yeah, it was it was a bit negative this week with them not really doing ugly Canadian things, but sort of going, oh, I need some earplugs. Mm-hmm. Well, which, which is somewhat true considering on the audio, I don't know if they ever played the same car honking sound effect the whole hour, but whenever teams were talking... Uh, in the streets there and moving around, all we kept hearing was car was uh, car horns 
for all 40 minutes or so. I did love the fact that with the roll detour, they did play the exact same clip of the guy handing out the clue every time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in- including my personal favourite thing, about three or four times in a row. It reminds me of uh, Duffy handing out the clue in the first episode, or uh, what was the one from Amazing Race? I think it was the season premiere of season 20 with the Empanada lady or whoever it was, where it was the same where she did the same head nod about six or seven times before giving out the clue, which I just found absolutely hysterical. And fun fact, Devin Sultanbeek is going to be a uh, a greeter at some point soon. Well, no. 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 What's what's next? The, the All four or five people from the social are going to be greeters too? So next time, de- uh, teams fly to Delhi, and we have eels, chilies, turbans, and wrestling. That is the one profession I did not expect to be relevant this season. Well, you've not come across the repeated intersection in international seasons, which is Turkish wrestling. Yes, I guess I guess we've had some wrestling tasks over the years. I mean, we had the wrestling task in Bolivia where Ken of Ken and Tina has an infant has his <laughs> infamous moment and uh, mark on the uh, oxygen mask. And then we also had the wrestling task. Well, it wasn't true wrestling, but it was like the weird hybrid of wrestling and sumo in the Amazing Race 9 when they were in Greece. Yeah, it, it does look like like the sort of task that is based on the Turkish wrestling that we do see quite a lot in international seasons. It was used as an intersection in Amazing Race Australia too, which when you get there will be the only leg of that season that you'll be bitching about because it's just a terrible production decision, but... We'll get there. Um, but I know it's appeared in a couple of other iterations. With that intersection, they put it on a leg with a marks for elimination penalty and put the intersection right before the end of... Uh, sort of one task before the end of the leg. We had the intersection, then the, a roadblock, which was like a five or ten minute task, and then the pit, the pit stop. So there was basically no chance for the last place team to catch up. Blue weren't. And we had another weird uh, contradictory moment with Brian and Cynthia, where they where I believe Brian said, "We're impatient, but Cynthia's patient." <laughs> yeah, and the patient one. Uh, so, what are your predictions for next week? Well, I predicted that this week had a wonky uh, arrival order because you know with Canada legs, there's only so much you can do, and you're you are going to see. Teams repeatedly finish right around the same spot in the standings, but the reason why I love them traveling abroad, amongst many, many, many other reasons, other than other than it being a true amazing race, is that we get to see shakeups to the standings because people just can't tap into the same skills anymore, and we're seeing that Gino and Jesse, if they were in on the American version of the amazing race or the Australian version or any version that you know, travels worldwide, um, they probably wouldn't be doing that well. And I think next leg, um, I don't think we'll see another Gino and Jesse victory. I think, um, I could see, I could see, uh, Dujan and Leilani actually winning another one. The thing is, it's going to be an internal flight, isn't it? So it's probably not going to be everyone on the same flight for once. Ah, I don't know. Eight episodes in a row, we've seen teams on the same flight. And so I wouldn't get my hopes up. It won't necessarily be everyone on the same flight for once. And if that's the case, Gino and Jesse could very well be screwed and be coming, coming last on 
what many people are presuming to be a non-elimination because the second U-turn hasn't come up yet, and editors are very, very, very obvious with saying that Nick and Matt are probably going to be U-turning Gino and Jesse. And on that subject, we're getting a bit interesting on the poll from this week, because bonus questions are no more. Instead, there are up to 15 points available next week, plus potentially a five-point bonus for predicting whether it will be a non-elimination or not, by correctly ranking the teams in their correct placements for next leg. If you get one team in the correct spot, you get one point. If you get two, you get three. Three teams in the correct spot is six points. Four teams in the correct spot is ten. And all five teams in the correct spot will get you 15 points. And obviously when we go down to four teams, that will then just drop to ten points being the maximum. You know what would be awesome is if next round is in a non-elimination and Simi and Opie are last yet again and get saved by both non-eliminations. That is what I think is going to happen. Just to sort of spoil my predictions for you, I think Simi and Opie are probably going to come in last next week and then get saved by non-elimination. And then after that gets saved because of the U-turn usage? Yeah, I, I don't think... I'm sort of resigned to the fact that Simi and Opie are going to be top four now. But yeah, I'm quite surprised we're not seeing a fast forward definitely next week. Yeah, there's no talk of a fast forward or a U-turn next week, so you think... That this week has to, the upcoming round has to be a non-elimination then. Yeah, but I don't know where the fast forward's going to come into it, because surely they'll have more than one. Maybe not. Maybe it will be just one, and then we find out that there was a second one offered, but nobody took it. So yeah, anything else to say about this leg? Or eulogize Brian and Cynthia? With uh, Brian and Cynthia, yeah, um, it's kind of weird to look at the online page and see everybody having an intense conversation about cops in general so what i take away from brian and cynthia is that they're they were an unusual archetype because i didn't really i just ignored any time they said they were cops or military 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 because i think that was just editors shoving that down our throats but uh, yeah really um but what i did appreciate was their very dry sense of humor probably being one of the very few teams to be cast for the Amazing Race that are truly crude in terms of subject manager, uh, subject uh, matter, which I kind of I, I attribute that to them sort of living on their own in the middle of nowhere in the prairies, and then the fact that their occupation is mainly just dealing with adults all day, so I don't think they really are in a family-type setting where they have to necessarily censor what they say, so I think they just develop like a, a, a crude lexicon i guess you could say how appropriate for us then that this is our by far our crudest podcast of the season then yes yes crude meets crude crude says farewell to crude you know between this and losing nick and sabrina last week uh it's it's pretty bad i mean cause because early on in the season it was brutal to lose max and elias first round because i think they would have been amazing characters if they lasted all season long as after the race proved by the way and it just told me that we were probably better off if, you know, Jeff, Gino and Jesse were eliminated much earlier just to keep some of these more interesting and amusing teams around because eight episodes in, we're still getting nothing from the Volda Mussolinis. And then we have Simi and Opie who are just so under-edited, so you think, oh, I wish, I mean, they amuse me in their small moments, but if this is how editors were going to use them no matter what, 
then maybe it was better that they just get eliminated sooner rather than later. And other than that, I, you know, Dujan Leilani and, uh, and, uh, whoever else, or Nick and Matt, Nick I, Matt I think they're, I think they have, uh, decent roles, uh, right now with making it this far. I, I like the characters that they're being edited as. I don't think we're seeing all of Dijon and Leilani either. I feel like they bicker a lot more off screen. I think they're a lot funnier than what we see as well. Yeah, they're definitely playing the, the straight characters, I guess, because when other teams talk about them, they talk about them as strong teams, as a, as a strong team and not so much as a bickering team or any of their ne- other negative traits. Because this, when Brent Sean gave Dijon Leilani the prize, it probably came out of nowhere to a lot of viewers because viewers aren't exactly told to have a major impression of Dujan Leilani other than, oh, they're a strong team and they're exes. That's pretty much it. But they don't bicker that much for exes that we see, that's the thing. Well, that's because all the other exes have ultimately lost the Masonries between Tim and Marie and Taryn Will, where, well, they were both runner-ups, so they had to be portrayed as negatively as possible because... The winning team has to be shown in a much more positive light compared to the rivals that they beat at the end of the race. So just look at Freddie and KK Kendra versus Chris and John. Oh well, that's Amazing Race Six is an exception for many reasons, many terrible reasons. I'm so glad production buried Freddie and Kendra and made them just disappear from the Amazing Race timeline. But yeah, this is why I'm thinking Dujon and Leilani are getting a very strong winners at it because, I mean, editors had so much material to work with to make them a really annoying team for viewers to watch, but that's not the case at all. So that probably means they don't come second, then. They won't come second, I will say that. I, I will go on record to say that I will. I do not picture a scenario where Dujan Leilani are in second. If anything, it's going to be a, probably Nick and Matt or Britton Sean because those two teams are heavily involved in trying to take out... Uh, Gino and Jesse from the race, and it seems like Nick and Matt are a bit more involved with that rivalry, so I could I could very well see Nick and Matt being the team that finishes runner-up. That would be very ironic for them as well. Yes, I think that's that would be great into their storyline, come to think of it, especially if they have, hadn't finished the first all season at that point, but yet they still possess the best average overall compared to all the other teams when it comes to uh, statistics. Yeah, there's two points ahead of Gina and Jesse again now, which is nice. They were one one point behind last week. So, thank you very much for uh, joining us. We'll be back next week for another Amazing Race Canada episode. If you enjoyed the episode, and even if you didn't, please subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a like on YouTube. And, you know, search us out on SoundCloud and just click heart on everything like I've been doing. Yeah, as Brian would say, listen to us. Listen to us for once. And if you want to see what we're rambling about this week, our Twitters are in the descriptions everywhere. Uh, if you missed our interview with Michael Michelle from Amazing Race 26, that's also available on all the audio feeds as well. Thank you again. Hashtag Ginger Ninja, hashtag Supergawaki, hashtag 250, hashtag Yattencast. Peace. Peace out, A-Town.